All right. Hi, everybody. My name is Corey, and welcome back to Chapter 2 of Lost in Plots. I'm joined by Jordan today, and we have read an awesome middle grade book called Twelfth by Janet Key, which was our June 2022 Owl Creek Junior pick. Jordan, what did you think? Oh, I loved it. I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting what we got. So in Twelfth, it's a charming mystery by Janet Key, and it was our June 2022 box right which was wonderful as well it's like nancy drew meets shakespeare so the story set at a summer camp specifically a theater summer camp where we meet 12 year old marin and her group of newly found friends i mean they don't start as friends as first and the narrative <laughs> follows this awesome dual timeline which is what i was not expecting it's this great historical and present day novel switches back and forth between points of view um, a historical kind of Charlotte who's a character a character whose family founded the theater camp and I don't normally read mysteries so I was hoping that this would be a contemporary summer camp novel and I was pleasantly surprised because I found myself going around and around in my head about the whodunits like the riddles and the clues surrounding the story which is about a 60 year old missing diamond ring it was delightful i think it's great for middle grade and adult readers Absolutely. and it touches on some really important topics that i know that we're going to talk about such as the red scare the lavender scare family dynamics depression gender identity and even suicide and i felt like all of those were handled in such a lovely thoughtful way yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it discusses them and doesn't just mention them. And I feel like it does it with a lot of different, you know, there's allegories, there's stories within the story. Even the way that the person drops all of the clues for Marin to find, specifically yeah. at certain times throughout the story, is a way of like driving the plot. Mm -hmm. But it's also a way of introducing those topics kind of one by one. Yeah, so basically... The kind of the heart of the story is Marin arrives at summer camp, um, summer theater camp, and something has happened with her sister. We are not privy to what from the get-go. And from the beginning, she is led on a kind of mysterious quest with clues left throughout the camp, hopefully leading to the finding of this diamond ring, which will hopefully then save the struggling theater camp. And it's just delightful. I never went to theater camp. Now I want to go to theater camp. Oh, I didn't go and don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Not my cup of tea. <laughs> uh, overall, what did you think of 12th? Um, I was really surprised by it. In fact, I binge read it pretty much almost the whole thing in a day. Um, that was my work day. Sometimes that's uh, what we get to do for work, which is just fun. <laughs> it was just a page-turning adventure it was heartfelt, it was sad at times, it was very funny at times, and I was scared I wasn't going to like the dual POV, because it's not always for me a dual POV like that, especially switching timelines, um, but I found both timelines to be equally relevant, shall we say, and equally interesting. So uh, yeah, I just I had a great time with it, and uh, so happy that we decided to pick it up for this podcast. Me too, and... I didn't. Here, here's the difference between us as readers. I actually love an alt historical fiction. So as soon Fair. as I found it included that, I was way more interested. But then I was worried because it just kept taking plot twists and turns. Yeah. And there were a couple of like actually spooky moments. And you know me in spooky books. Like I can't handle spooky. And I was genuinely unsure at first if it was paranormal or not. <laughs> I know, right? uh, 
I because I fun fact about me unless I have to I do not read the synopsis of books so I didn't even like I didn't I knew going in that it was going to be some sort of Shakespeare based thing because of the title <laughs> um, they're performing Twelfth Night in the in the book but other than that I really didn't know anything about it other than there would there was a non-binary character and we can get to discussing that as well oh I loved that and I loved that you met this non-binary character like immediately Immediately. And it, because it is a middle grade novel, it is like explained to the reader that they them pronouns and, uh, you know, preferred pronouns and gender identity. It is explained to the reader, which I think in a middle grade novel is just super valuable. I think it's super valuable, even if you're an adult reader, because not oh, everybody yeah. has been approached with that information. So I think that if you're very new to the concept of gender identity, or if you're, you have a child who's maybe yeah. also exploring those themes... It is super helpful for parents as well. Oh, 100%. I just think it's it's something that I don't know if I've... I have seen in middle grade before, but only on a couple occasions. And I think this one, this story isn't about gender identity, but you still get... It gets humanized. How about that? Non-binary characters are just characters. They're just people, <laughs> which is what I think we need more of. As a non-binary person, I agree. Yeah, exactly. If I had seen this, I think, at the age of 12, experiencing summer camps back then, because I went to summer camp, I think you did too, I think I would have understood myself a little better. Yeah, 100%. And there's something Um, healing about middle grade books too, as you read them as an adult. I have like shamelessly cried several times through middle grade books, and I completely blame Owl Crate for that problem. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I've actually been on a middle grade kick lately. Um, so uh, if you don't read middle grade as an adult, I mean, read what you love, obviously. But uh, if it's something you haven't explored, I encourage you to, to dive into some middle grade because it's fantastic. And it just brings back so many amazing feelings. So, Especially if you're somebody who maybe really likes fantasy, but you don't like the very popular romanticy. Mm-hmm. that's that's available right now if you really just like fantasy and adventure middle grade is where it's at because every one of those books will have that you know found family exploratory fantasy epic quests like it has everything you could need or want yeah 100 percent. i agree all right i have to i have to ask you about this though because okay. i was thrown completely off base as somebody who doesn't read mystery did you anticipate the direction of the book at all were you surprised or were you like, ah, no, I knew it? I'm somebody who I never try to solve the mystery. I do read mysteries, but I'm never someone who sits there and tries to solve it. I'm maybe just not built like that. <laughs> uh, I like I, I like it when other people have theories, but I never like I never sit there and say to myself, I wonder how this is going to end up. So no, I didn't call it. I maybe had some suspicions um, about what was going to happen, but no, absolutely not. The twists and turns took me by surprise every time. <laughs> I was surprised by that too. I think a lot of people expect middle grade novels to be more simple, but I find them actually to be often more complex. Especially when you look at like especially middle grade mystery novels, like there's such a, like a storied history in middle, in middle grade, even before the term middle grade was likely used, just in children's stories in general, like you have Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, you know, the classics for um, older classics of people growing up exploring mysteries. And, and now I just think there's a, a huge want for that i think a middle grade a mystery is is a lot of kids want that 
and I want that feeling of being surprised and uh, not knowing what's com- what comes next and maybe trying to figure it out on their own. So yeah, there's a lot of history with middle grade and uh, mysteries and uh, I'm here for it. And it was very Scooby gang, this one, like you'd mentioned, you don't know if it's paranormal or not for quite a few chapters. Oh, or even like up to close to the end. <laughs> yeah, nearly. <laughs> yeah, like at the very beginning, you have this paranormal esque situation, um, and then from there, you don't get an, you don't get an explanation until the end of the book. And it's uh, yeah, it was a, a great kickoff to the book for sure. But I will also say for anybody listening, you also get this really gratifying ending. Yes, the like the ending was superb in twelfth. It is definitely like taking the mask off of the Scooby villain at the end. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's exactly like that. All right. I have to ask, who's your favorite character? I feel like it has to be Theo. I love Theo. Theo is our non-binary character, as discussed, and they are just fantastic. They are love uh, creating uh, filming movies, uh, not necessarily acting, but they also turn into a fabulous Shakespearean actor. And I just, they're quirky. They're fun they're such a good friend like just the best friend you could ask for and uh i think at first Marin doesn't really want to accept them as a friend because she wants to kind of be low-key and theo is not the most low-key of people but yeah it has to be theo <laughs> that gives me some hope for myself as the gregarious non-binary of my <laughs> i love theo um for the simple fact that they they saw Marin and were like, oh, you're my friend now. Yeah. There was no choice on Marin's behalf whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you're my new best friend. Let's go on adventures. And Marin was like, I really don't want to. And Theo was like, that's too bad. <laughs> and we're going on an adventure anyways. And the other character I really liked was Joe. That is Joe. Joe is the camp Joe. manager, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Jo- I like Jo because as an adult, uh, she was both like really encouraging and a really cool mentor, but also f- like flawed and like maybe didn't make the right call at all times and like was a real human um, and made and made mistakes. And I appreciated that. And I think that's also something valuable for kids to see where they're you because I think a lot of the times in children's literature, you have the good adult and the bad adult. And I think it was great to see an, ad- an adult that was you know, genuinely doing that, like had the best of intention, but still made mistakes. And uh, I, I love that. So what part of the book do you feel resonated with you the most? Okay, so full disclosure, I've had these questions before the recording. Um, and I was thinking about this one. Because although I've been camping quite a lot in my life, I've never actually been to summer camp. So that's a spoiler for an upcoming question. But uh, so that part was less familiar. But what I did resonate with was just being kind of mischievous. I was a child. uh, If you know me as an adult, you know me as quite the introvert. As a child, this was not the case. I was very a social butterfly i would cry if i was sick and couldn't go to school i would like fake not being sick so i could go to school which was like wild to me (laughs) um but just i had a great group of friends growing up and we would just get into mischief which is very much what marin and her friends do 
um, you know, like hiding in the prop closet or, you know, just being places they shouldn't be. This was very much my experience growing up. And uh, I think that's that's definitely uh, you kind of made me smile and uh, reminisce about my own uh, social butterfly ways that don't exist anymore. <laughs> they do sometimes. I feel like if you if you are a person who knows Corey very well, and I do not know Corey very well, but I know Corey <laughs> somewhat well at this point. Yeah, and y- y- if you if you know what Corey likes, then you can kind of like dig into the person who you are, <laughs> and kind of like extract a little bit of introverted from you, um, which is really nice. I mean, occasionally, you're you're this person who shows people like your light. <laughs> you know what I mean, like the brightness and the cheekiness <laughs> and stuff like that. I, I and, like to say that I got all my socializing done when I was a child. <laughs> I like the 5% little bits that you give us yeah. and the team and your stories and things like that. Definitely more of a social recharge these days. But what about you, Jordan? Um, the What resonated with me was uh, Charlotte's storyline, actually. Right. Um, okay. Because Charlotte's story runs parallel mm-hmm. to Marin's story. And I don't want to give away too much because I feel like almost that entire storyline is a giant spoiler for the book. It is, yeah. But I will say that I I can see myself in Charlotte's shoes as somebody who was growing up maybe not feeling ex- exactly like they were portraying themselves to be who they were inside. Got and it. there's a reason I keep saying they. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like it's an important part of the novel, you know, exploring the historical topics, the Red Scare, the Lavender Scare. And if you don't know what those are, please Google them. Queer people have always existed and they will always continue to exist. Yeah. And I think that that's what resonated with me. And especially, I will say, as the novel progressed. Yes. And as Charlotte became who they were supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. And I think the book did a really good job of introducing uh, readers to what the Red Scare and the Lavender Scare are. Um, it doesn't dive too deep into them, but I think it's a good introduction for then kids to take their own curiosity and learn more. Yeah, and I think depending on the age of your your child too, you can kind of learn alongside them because a lot of folks might not know what the red scare was or what the lavender scare was, or maybe you have an idea, but you don't really know. Yeah, And I think it could make for some pretty cool conversations around the dinner table. Absolutely. But we also have some camping questions because uh. this month, uh, in we didn't ma- mean for this to happen by reading 12th in a summer camp book. But as it happens, the Words and Whimsy Reading Challenge is hosting Camp Words and Whimsy in the nest, which <laughs> is great. And it means that a lot of the moderators and helpers have questions for us. And just for those listening, in case you don't know, the nest is Alcrate's app, which you should absolutely join. But yes. I'm, I'm here for the questions. Shoot them at me. I definitely should have plugged that, shouldn't I? It's all good. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> okay, Kristen wants to know, do you go camping or glamping? Or glamping? Mm. Okay, first, I want you to answer this one first, because have you been glamping? Do I seem like somebody who's been glamping? No. You would be correct. Okay. <laughs> Just, I thought so, but I was, I don't know. I mean, glad to mean? As an but- adult, I've been camping one time. Okay. Because someone forced me to go. <laughs> okay. And um, glamping is... Mm, it's not my scene. I like a good hotel room. Right. That's fair. That's I respect that. But you've been camping. So you've been camping as an adult once, but a bunch as a kid, I'm assuming? Oh, a bunch as a kid. Back when it was uh, more fun. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um, I've never been glamping either, but I'm open to the idea. <laughs> um, uh, as an adult, uh, as a kid, I think I would have shaken my head at such such nonsense. But uh, and I have been camping as an adult, uh, not a ton of times, but a, a handful, and it's always been great. It's always been really fun. I love a good camp. <laughs> I will probably not go camping. I will send my kid out to camp, though. It's best when you're a kid, let's be honest. Totally. Uh, question two from Alice. Alice asks, favorite place to camp or favorite camping memory? And I have one. Would you like to hear it? I know yes. you have a gory story for this. Oh, many. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I was camping north of Toronto with my grandparents when I was 11 years old and I brought a best friend on this trip and we were up there to do Toronto stuff. So <laughs> the science center, the zoo, I think we went to Canada's Wonderland. But what I wasn't expecting is to be camping outside in a two-person tent with my best friend at the time and a tornado came through the camp park. Oh my goodness. And so we woke up and this was like the 90s. Yeah. So there was we, we had no resources back then. It was it was the Wild West back in the nineties. <laughs> it flooded the tent. Like the oh tent gosh. just flooded like immediately and we were on an inflatable mattress, so we were floating in the middle <laughs> of the tent. And I heard like this howling. Anyway, this is probably where my fear of tornadoes came from, for real. What that's about fair. you? I have a, a story that's similar if you want one of those stories. I have so many camping stories when I was a kid. Um mine mostly come from I was in both, I was in Brownies and Girl Guides and Pathfinders and Cubs because when you live in a small town, they don't care about the gender of you as much. <laughs> so if you wanted to join Cubs as a little girl, you were allowed. And I did so. Um, so I was in Cubs. Cubs is the same age as Brownies. And we went to a jamboree, which is like where a big uh, group of like all the different groups of Cubs uh, from the area all meet up and do like a big like camping adventure trip and it torrentially rained the entire times like tents were floating away um <laughs> <laughs> like it was like wet 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 <laughs> like you know that like tiktok's like this is my hair wet this is my hair wet wet um, it was like, <laughs> that for the whole weekend and i was there with all of my friends and all of the cubs and we were like I think the age is like eight, like we were quite young, eight, nine, and just being soggy. And after, uh, after the jamboree, they gave us little patches that said it was the cubbery fluttery. <laughs> and, um, so, but I had a great time still. A lot of kids were really miserable, but I was, I was, I was living for the rain. So that's one of my many, many <laughs> camping, I was gonna say fun stories. I don't know if that one's fun, but, um, mishaps shall we say i mean you had fun i had fun me and my my friend tyler my friend tyler who i'm still in touch with to this day uh we're the only two who are like yeah i'm all here let's go do all the activities in the pouring rain i don't know why they didn't have like a backup plan where there was shelter but there was no shelter <laughs> um, i don't think kids mind most of the time i mean i didn't apparently but i have i think the adults probably the, all the people chaperoning the situation probably were less impressed than us um i don't remember how they felt but i'm sure they were putting on a smile <laughs> um and favorite place to camp um also you're camping you're camping in toronto that's wild north of toronto this was back 
This was back in the 90s. There wasn't that much development back then. I guess so. But like the fact that you were camping and then went to Science World. <laughs> it's like you were so close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'll have to ask my grandparents. They were probably just trying to save some money, but they also had a trailer. So I think that they purchased the trailer and then made excuses to use it. I mean, that's what you, that's what a trailer is for, right? Yeah. I'll have to ask them. (laughs) Um, I just thought I'd find that funny. Um, Because all of my camping experience were very rural. (laughs) Like very, like no power, that kind of situation. But the most recent time I went camping was in a place called Yoho National Park, which is a lesser known park, but it's right, it's like, it borders Banff National Park and Jasper National Park. Like they're all connected. Um, and I went parking, uh, parking, <laughs> went camping in Yoho, and it was just beautiful. Were there pirates? <laughs> One would think, uh, but no, but there were bears. Oh, they missed the opportunity to call it Yogi. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that might be copyrighted or something. <laughs> Probably. Uh, no, but Yoho is beautiful. There's only one town in the park and the called the town of Field, and it's just like there's nothing, and fe- it's just tiny. It's just it's tiny. But yeah, it, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place, and lesser known, and therefore less tourists. If y'all go into Banff National Park, it's a busy place. I have been to ba- Banff. There's it's a lot. Of people there. I love Banff. Um, I grew up at Banff. Is this is a, a salacious story? Want it? Banff. Is in Alberta, and I grew up in BC, but very close to the Alberta border. Um, and the drinking age in Alberta is eighteen, where the drinking age in BC is nineteen. So we would drive to Banff to go party <laughs> when we were eighteen. I would have liked to travel back in time and party with you at eighteen in Banff. <laughs> but I can tell you, I can tell our listeners right now that we would have been a problem together at eighteen. <laughs> Again, I still had some socialness in me at that age, and it's gone now. <laughs> It was so normal in my life to go to Banff, <laughs> which is like so privileged. It's such a beautiful place. That is really pretty. I have another question for us. Crystal sure. wants to know the scariest thing that happened while camping. Did any? Do you have any urban bears at your campsite? <laughs> no, but I went to a not a summer camp, but I went to like a sleepaway camp in Florida every oh, March fun. growing up. It was a youth group associated thing, cool. and I was wandering around at night going to like one of our group activities and I was to my mind convinced now it was probably just headed in the same direction but chased by a snake <laughs> chased by a snake no I, yeah especially not in Florida those are dangerous snakes they were dan- it was it, it was yeah I'm to this day convinced that it was just out to get me I, I love snakes they're important for the environment whatever if they just I don't want them around <laughs> me I love snakes but we don't have dangerous snakes here. We only have nice snakes. So it's a lesson of a fear. <laughs> um, nothing like terribly scary has happened camping. But when we used to go again camping with girl guides, we'd go into like very rural areas in Kootenai National Park. And we would surround, because again, there's tons of bears because it's a national park uh, in Canada. Makes sense. It's the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> Lots of bears. But we would surround the camp in cans tied to strings. That way, if a bear tried to come into camp, it would make noise. And in the middle of the night, one of those cans went off um, and woke everybody up. But we never did see the bear. So I don't know if it was like a bear or like a skunk or like what. <laughs> but it was it was meant to be for bears. Uh, but that was kind of like, oh my god, there's a bear. But there probably actually wasn't. It was probably one of the myriad of other creatures that could have come into our camp. I mean, you also don't really want a skunk in your camp, to be honest, but <laughs> uh, that's been nothing, nothing terribly scary has happened when I've been camping. Been lucky. That's good. Uh, what's your favorite camping activity, Yvette asks? 
I'm pretty basic, and it's roasting hot dogs. <laughs> I love a roasted weenie over a campfire. That's like the superior way to eat a hot dog is roasted over a campfire. Yeah, I just love sitting around a campfire, roasting marshmallows, s'mores, all that kind of thing. Playing games. We play a lot of board games when we were camping and things like that. So that was my favorite camping activity. It's pretty basic, but it's fun. My, mine is weird. <laughs> okay. It's a Lego. Huh. doesn't seem like a traditional camping activity, but it's the only <laughs> toy that I ever took camping. That's fair. And Polly Pockets. I have, I'll share with you, you, that's not how a human t- speaks. I'll share a picture with you later, but it's me as a 10 year old. And I look like suave hugging <laughs> this Polly Pocket like play set. And I looked and felt like the coolest kid in the entire world. And I'll send that to you later. Sounds pretty cool. (laughs) Our, our like, go-to camping place as a family as a kid was a place called McLeod Meadows, again, in Cootie National Park, because that's where I lived. And there was a river, a really shallow river, right, uh, like, at the campsite. So we used to, I think, another, like, the best camping activity was just, like, sitting in the river and my friend and I would take our, like, little stuffed animals and put them in, like, um, Tupperware containers and float them down the river like they were in little boats. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the river is also... Camping is best when by a body of water, in my opinion. I, I think that's an only opinion. I can't imagine <laughs> camping without a body of water. It doesn't count as camping to me. I mean, I've been camping without a body of water, but it is funner if you can put your toes on the river. I live in lake country. I can't imagine not being around water. <laughs> All right. Kathy asks, what's your favorite campfire story? And I'm going to toss it over to you because I don't have one. I don't do spooky. I, this is weird too, because I know we had campfire stories growing up again, because we were with the cubs and the girl guides and things like that. Um, Pathfinders, etc. But I couldn't tell you one off the top of my head. Uh, I was trying to think of one before this and I know... There was one, and I don't remember what the story is, but I remember the kids loved it because there was a donkey involved, and therefore we could say jackass. <laughs> and as a kid, we just, I just the only line I remember from the story is patience, jackass, patience. <laughs> and I don't remember the story, but we like the kids would just giggle, giggle, giggle because we were allowed to quote unquote swear. <laughs> I humbly, I humbly request that we adopt that. For <laughs> patience, all jackass, patience, and I don't know what the context is. That's the only line I remember from the story. I feel like <laughs> you can make up your own context now. Probably, I'm sure. I feel like my mom would remember. My mom would also was um, would come with the cubs and stuff because my my mom was cookie, so she was camp cook, and would uh, come be cookie for all of our girl guide and cubs cub camps. So uh, my mom was always involved in the storytelling. <laughs> It wasn't until I became an adult, because I was never involved in Girl Guides, Cubs, or anything like that, that I realized that all of the adults have made up names. Oh, yeah. In those organizations. (laughs) So in my previous job, a group came to me and they were like, my name's Sparkle. And I was like, it's super, it is not. (laughs) Apparently it is. I don't know if it was just our cub group. I think it's all cub groups, but they were all Mm -hmm. named, all the leaders were named after characters from the Jungle Book. So we like... We had like a a Baloo, Bagheera, uh, and like to this day, I don't know Baloo's real name. (laughs) He's just Baloo to me. (laughs) Uh, He was just one of our our cub leaders. And to me, he's just a big man named Baloo. And that makes sense. (laughs) 
that's all you need to know as a kid. That's <laughs> all I got. I like. I feel like even as a teenager, like I, it was a small town, so we all, you know, saw the same people. Um, but yeah, he still, still blue. Again, I feel like if I asked my parents, they'd be like, "No, his he actually has a name." <laughs> but I don't need to know it. It's fine. <laughs> Chrissy asks, "What's the longest camping trip you've been on?" And I will answer this like days, mere days, Christy. This is not my scene. <laughs> I think me too. I actually haven't been on many, like, I think in the longest one was like maybe four day, four nights kind of situation. But yeah, I never, I haven't been on any like super long ones. I definitely have like good friends who have done like multi-day hikes and stuff like that, and which is not something I've ever done. I will put it out there, but I would actually like to. And I think, I think the longest I've ever done is like a five day summer camp. Yeah. I don't think I've even done that. Cause I never, again, like I never went to like a traditional kind of summer camp situation. It was always with girl guides and stuff like that. So. Um, I went to a traditional summer camp when I was 10 years old oh, and like we, we had horseback riding and like archery and stuff like that. It was very cool. Except while you were extroverted when you were younger, I was introverted when I was younger. Got it. And I wanted nothing to do with this camp. Oh, that sounds fun. I didn't get along with any of the other girls in the cabin. Ah, gotcha. And I didn't make any friends either. It was basically how to lose friends and de-influence people when I went to summer camp. Aw, that's so sad. Because <laughs> I borrowed so somebody's hoodie and then we did a giant manhunt. And I thought that I was being brilliantly clever in hiding in the garbage bin. Oh no. Except that I hid in the garbage bin with my new friend's brand new hot pink hoodie. <laughs> oh no. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. I did not actually make any friends. Oh, I'm I wonder sorry. wonder if I can reach out to her on Facebook now. <laughs> like, I'm sorry for the garbage when, I, when we were 10. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah asks, what nature experience has stayed with you the most? I, nature experience like a. seeing a beautiful waterfall or a sunset or a baby animal can we expand this to like all trips because sure, you and i have yeah. traveled together i i think that yeah. we'd have a better answer if it wasn't camping so any nature experience not camping Mm-hmm. can i do one that was camping yeah okay <laughs> the rules here i'm very lucky to have traveled quite a lot in my life so i have experienced a lot of beautiful nature but I viewed this as a camping one. And so last time I went camping, it was with my two best friends. We call our, we've been best friends for, since we were, we, we children, like we've known each other since we were five years old. And my friend got married. And then unfortunately, uh, when we all live in very different places, one lives in Edmonton, one lives in Victoria, and I live here. So like quite spread out. And so we don't see each other that often. And we try to plan girls trips once a year. But my friend got pregnant for the first time and unfortunately lost the baby. Oh, no. um, yes. Um, which was very sad. So we decided, we're, we're like, no, we're still gonna, you know, we weren't expecting to have a girl's trip that year because my friend had been pregnant. And then we're like, okay, well, we're going to do the girl's trip. And that's when we actually went to Yoho and it was early June. It was actually the first day the campground opened. And so we were, we were literally the first people in the campground that year. Um, in the national park and there was still like snow on the ground in some places but we got like the best camping spot right over uh like the huge waterfall the tallest waterfall i think in the park um right outside of our camping site and then we went on a hike it was a day hike but it was 
around 10 hours, a little over 10 hours. I can't remember exactly how many kilometers it was, but it was quite an extensive hike. And we went up to a place where there was twin waterfalls and they were these gorgeous, beautiful, epic twin waterfalls. And we were the only people there. Um, I think it was about about a 40k hike or 35k hike round trip. And my friend had brought this little stuffed animal that uh, represented her baby. Um, And so we got to bring her baby to see the Twin Falls. Um, And that was really special. And um, just a lovely, sad, obviously, but it was just, it was such a, such a beautiful place uh, out. It really, truly in the middle of nowhere, like you could not see that another man had ever been there. And uh, it was just a lovely experience. Um, And then on the hike back, we saw a person hiking with a gray parrot in a backpack. So that was fun. (laughs) That's beautiful, but that's odd. Right to see people <laughs> Yeah, it was odd, and they seemed they seemed taken aback that we thought it was cool, and they're like, "Surely, like everybody who sees you think says something, <laughs> like surely." But anyway, so that was like my, one of my nice nature experiences, a kind of a sad and bittersweet one. But it was nice to be there with you know lifelong besties and doing. We've always been outside and outdoor shenanigans together our whole lives, so it was nice. That was that was my bittersweet little memory there. That was beautiful. I feel like I've been on a roller coaster. <laughs> I know. And I was not expecting that ending, but then I'm never expecting any of your story endings. Yeah, they can go, they can get unhinged. <laughs> you, should, you just need to start writing. Yeah. <laughs> Too much work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about your nature, your favorite nature experience? Um, I don't have a camping one because we camp north of Toronto. <laughs> That's fair. I saw tourists and... Uh... <laughs> a wild tourist was spotted. <laughs> I grew up in a very rural area mm-hmm. and I have an aunt who passed away last year. My grandfather's sister, my great aunt, uh, Marlene, who taught me how to canoe. Oh, fun. And I feel like that is my favorite thing because she was, she was a fisherwoman. Uh-huh. She really liked to fish and she taught me how to fish and canoe. So that's probably <laughs> my favorite like nostalgic moment. And I still have pictures of me as like a three or four year old in this bright red life jacket in the canoe. And that was really beautiful. And the second thing I was going to say was probably swimming with tea- sea turtles. That's I'll remember amazing. that forever. That's not very campy. No, but it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> it's naturey though. It's naturey. It counts. Um, how about we dial this back and make it a little bit more bookish? Sure. All right. We are asked, what's a favorite book that you have read while camping? Okay. So I thought I would have more answers for this and I'm sure I did read a lot of books while camping but one that comes to mind and oh my gosh I need to google it I can't remember the title but it was a book about a girl named Cory and it was spelled my way which is c-o-r-i which is not not very usual I've seen a couple people with it in my life um and I was so excited as a kid and I had this in my mind I read it camping did I I don't know. I think I just associate brownies and, and guides with camping so much that I could have not been camping, but it was a book about this girl, a brownie named Corey and her adventures. And I loved that book so much as a kid because it was me. It was me in the book. <laughs> I, I need to admit that I've actually never read a book while camping. Jordan, you can lie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
I really haven't, but um, technically I read 12th at the cottage. That counts as camping. Hey, that does count. Cottage cottage is camping adjacent. (laughs) The cottage is as close as I will get to camping in my adult life. I mean, cottage sounds great. Delightful. You Um, get all of the best of everything about camping, but you also have Wi-Fi. Oh god, not at the cottage I stayed at. <laughs> and that's that's it for our question today, Corey. That's it. I think we did pretty good. Look at us in our camping memories. I know. It's been very impressive. Oh, this, our accidental camping podcast. Our accidental camping podcast. Uh, brought to you by 12th by Janet Key, which is a fantastic middle grade book that you should read. <laughs> We're definitely keeping that in. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Corey and I, for Lost in Plots, Chapter 2, Campfire Stories. If you haven't already, you're definitely going to want to add 12th by Janet Key to your TBR. And guess what? There's copies available at owlcrate.com. If you still don't have one, I don't know what you've been doing for the last (laughs) 30 minutes. But if you don't have that book on your TBR, add it. And you're going to want to tune in next time because Chapter 3 is going to be all things Dark Academia with Owlcrate Curator... Teresa is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about our September YA theme. If you have a second, feel free to rate and review Lost in Plots on your uh, favorite podcast platform. We truly appreciate it. And Jordan and I will talk to you next time for Chapter 3 of Lost in Plots. Goodbye!